This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We appreciate you getting up bright and early and spending the time with us. What I really would like to encourage you to do today is use the opportunity to interact with us. I really love to hear the feedback um, from you and how you feel and how the message is touching you and impacting you. Hopefully it is. So without getting into too much more detail, let's just get straight into things this morning. Um, I'd like for you to open your Bibles, if you would, to James chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading from verse 18. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. For many things in life, if you want to be successful, you need a plan. If you decide that you would like to open a business and you go to the bank and you say to them, I would like for you to put investment finance into my new business venture, the first thing they're going to ask you for is, where is your plan? Your plan is important because your plan gives them an idea as to what it is that you're wanting to do. Your plan gives them an idea as to how you're going to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. It gives them an idea as to how you're going to tackle circumstances and situations that are going to come against you. How are you going to deal with the obstacles? Because ultimately what they're looking for is they're looking for a return on their investment. What they're looking for is if I'm prepared to take this capital and put it with you, I want to know that you're going to be prosperous. I want to know that you're going to make a profit because I'm looking for a return on it. It's like many ventures in life. If you want to get into anything, put a plan together. You want to go on vacation? Put a plan together. Try going on vacation with three kids and no plan and see how well that works out. Everything seems to hinge around a plan. A plan has incredible benefits to it. And when we take a plan and we utilize a plan in different ventures in life, it positions us to understand our role, our responsibility, and walks us into a place where we get into um, realizing the full benefit of where it is that we're going. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God has got a plan for your life. God has an intention behind the reason that you find yourself on planet earth today. 
And the thing about it is, if you want to know what your future looks like, if you're looking for prosperity, if you're looking for hope, if you're looking to walk into God's blessing, I need for you to know that it's all wrapped up in his plan. If you can discover God's plan for your life, you'll put yourself at a place where you will understand why you're here, what you're here to do. You will understand your role and your responsibility and it'll position your life in a place where you'll be able to walk into blessing. If you discover God's plan for your life, you'll discover your purpose. One of the biggest problems that so many people have is they find themselves moving through life and they don't know why they're here. They encounter situations, they encounter circumstances, there are opportunities that present themselves and people don't know which way to go. They're not sure what it is that they should be doing. The reason for it is that they don't know their purpose. If you don't know the plan for your life, you'll never know the purpose for your life. Purpose becomes so important because it gives us a reason for being. It gives us an idea and it gives us definition as to what it is that we should be doing here. When we have God's plan for our life, what ends up happening is it becomes a filter through which we're able to process life. Life is going to come at you every day. Every morning when you wake up, you're going to face some stuff. You're going to encounter some people. You're going to have to make some choices. What makes those things so much easier is when you understand and you're grounded and rooted in the plan for your life. It's so much easier to be at a place where you find yourself and you're presented with a job opportunity and you sit and say, do I go this way or do I go that way? I don't know when I don't know the plan, so I end up guessing. When I find myself at a place where I find conflict in my life between me and another individual and there's a disagreement between things, the challenge with it is we can end up at a place where we don't move to a place of harmony and resolution because it becomes my opinion as opposed to your opinion. When we have plans for our life, we're able to fall back and sit and say, I know what it is that I should be doing and I know why I'm going there and it's something that, that surpasses personal persuasion. A plan becomes important for our life. Plans are what separate a lifestyle from a religion. When you were introduced to Jesus and you begin to walk out your life in the context of relationship with him, you are going to walk into a lifestyle, not a religion. Because Jesus is going to introduce you to a plan. A plan means I've got to take that and I've got to appropriate the plan. I've got to take that and recognize what the plan is all about because that plan is going to affect the way that I think. The plan is going to affect the way that I feel. The plan is going to affect my moods and my temperament and my disposition. <clears throat> the plan is going to affect my roles and responsibilities. It affects and changes every aspect of my being, which means that it has influence in everyday life. It's lifestyle motivated. It's lifestyle driven. Jesus introduces you to the plan for your life. Religion isn't going to give you a plan. Religion is going to give you a set of rules so that you can behave well. Religion is going to give you a set of defined outputs that they're looking for. And how you end up in that place is up to you. But they're more interested in appearance as opposed to purpose. And when you've put yourself in that place, the problem with it is so many Christians find themselves where they're empty and they're unresolved in themselves. They don't have a sense of fulfillment because I'm following religion and not a plan. Jesus has got a plan for your life. Jesus is interested every morning you wake up, he wants to meet with you. Every morning when you wake up, he's going to introduce you to a new aspect of what that plan is all about. And he's with you, walking through that plan with you. It's something that we do in collaboration with him. It's not something that he gives us that we run off and we handle independently of him. 
God's plan for our life becomes vital because it gives us context to the bigger picture and the bigger meaning of things. It gives us context as to the role that God wants to play in my life. How is it that I'm able to partner with him and work together with him? It gives me an understanding as to who I am. God has called me to fulfill the plan. Who I am right now, my abilities and what I, and the place that I am in my personal development and my maturity is not at a place where I'm able to fulfill the plan for God's life, uh, God, God's plan for my life. So what he's going to end up doing is he's going to sit and say, I'm going to work with you because I need to equip you. I need to enable you so that you're at a place where you can walk out the plan that I have for your life. He starts to present to us opportunities and things that he's looking for us to do. Plans are always active. He's looking for your engagement. And when you begin to understand the plan that God has for your life, what will end up happening is it starts to open up understandings as to our capabilities and what it is that we should be walking into. Why? He's not only introducing us to your being, but he's introducing you to your doing. He's introducing you to who it is that you should be and how you should step forward and live your life. We need to discover the plan for our life. The responsibility for discovering the plan for our life rests with us. It doesn't rest with God. God has the plan, but we have the responsibility to discover it. We have the responsibility to partner with the Holy Spirit in establishing that plan in our life. And when we get that plan established in our life, we have the responsibility for taking it and acting on that plan so that we live it out. Proverbs Chapter 19, verse 6, sorry, 16, verse 9, says, A man's heart plans his way, but God directs his steps. A man's heart plans his way, but God directs his steps. It gives us an interesting insight into things. The first thing about it is recognize, I believe that there is importance in the order that God gives it to us. The plan comes before the steps. There are a lot of people who are looking for God's intervention in their life. There are a lot of people who are sitting saying, God, guide my steps. Show me what I should do here. Show me how I should move in that direction. Show me the decisions I should make here. Show me what I should be saying in this situation. We're looking for God's guidance, but we don't have the plan. It's not possible to walk out the steps unless you know the plan. What is the plan for your life? God sitting saying, the, the plan is going to be established in your heart. But once the plan is established, he will walk with you and he will help you walk out that plan. He will be with you so that he's able to take that in the context of a, a big plan and synthesize it down so that in the circumstances and the situations of everyday life, he makes it applicable and he makes it relevant. He gives us understanding as to how we take the plan and we walk it out every day. But it starts with the plan. It doesn't stand, start with the walking out. It starts with having the big idea, not the direction. I've got to have the big idea that God's offering me. God is going to write the plan for your life in your heart. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10 says, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write it on their heart. And I will be their God and they will be my people. God's intention 
is to take the plan that he has for your life and he's going to put it in your heart. God doesn't give you a set of rules so that you live life. God is a living God and as such, what he does is he gives you a living plan that's alive on the inside of you. That living plan is going to speak to you with regularity. And every time you have an encounter every single day, you're going to hear the plan calling to you. Every time that you meet with other people, you're going to hear the, 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 the plan calling your name. It's speaking to you. It's calling you to your destiny. God sitting saying, I need for you to understand that I'm going to write the plan in your heart. It's something that's living. It's something that's alive. It's something that is designed to have influence in everyday experiences. He's built us with the capacity for the plan of our life to be established in our heart. That's why he warns us with much frequency and urgency to guard the space. What he's saying is the plan for your life is going to be written in there. It's a sacred place. It's the holy of holies. That's the place that's going to determine the course of your life. Who's authoring your plan? Who is authoring your plan today? God wants to be the author and the finisher. And he'll walk you through that. If you turn to Romans chapter 5. And you have a look at verse five. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts. People, especially men, don't like talking about love. Love is an abstract that sits out there somewhere. Love is a thing that's out there somewhere. I might be able to express love, but I can't talk love. Love is something which has to be engaged. It has to be something which is felt. It has to be something which touches and affects my being. Otherwise, all it ends up is a concept that sits out there. You can't talk to me about love. Show me love. God sitting saying, my love is going to touch your heart. How is his love going to touch our heart? Because what he's going to do is he wants to take the things of him and he wants to take those things and he wants to invest them into our heart. He needs for us to know that the plan he has for our life comes from and is burst from the love that he has for us. If I think about my love for my children right now, if I had the prerogative and the opportunity to write the plan for their life, I would sit down and I would say, you know what? Because I love you so much, I'm looking for everything that you do to flourish. Everything that you're engaged in, I'm looking for it to to evidence prosperity. I'm looking for you to go through life in a place where you are healed and whole and well. And everything that you experience through your journey of life, you move to a place where you never encounter sickness or disease. I'm looking for you to realize in and of yourself that you're the head and not the tail, that you're above only and not beneath. So I'm setting you up and I'm giving you the equipping and the enabling to know that you can do everything that you need to do so that you realize that vision for your life. And I need for you to know that I'm not leaving you. I'll never forsake you. As your father, I'm always going to be there. And if at any time you need me, you just call me because I will always be there. What am I doing? Because I love my kids so much. I'm designing a plan 
plan for their life. I'm taking of my love and I'm giving it expression. I'm taking of my love and who I am and what I'm all about and how I feel for you. And I'm creating opportunities so that as I present the plan to you and you begin to walk that plan out in your life, you walking out and walking into my love every single time you move into, I'm the head and not the tail. Thank you, daddy. You did this for me. Now I'm realizing your love for me. I want to thank you that every time I put my hands to something and it begins to prosper, every time I touch something and it flourishes, I know it's because your plan put me at a place where everything that I'm doing is because of, as a result of your blessing. Thank you because I'm experiencing your love. What he's saying is his love is shed abroad in our heart because it's designing the plan for our life. And as we begin to walk out the plan for our life, what we end up doing is we walk into his love. That's how we experience him. Love is not some abstract weird thing. Love is designed to move us to a place where we realize the plan of God for our life. Love is designed to move us to a place where we, where we are equipped to realize the fulfillment of our destiny and our purpose. And everything is birthed out of love. And as I touch each one of those aspects in life, what ends up happening is I move through those things and I move to a place where I can sit and say, you know what? I experience God's love today. Let me tell you all the ways that I experienced his love for me. Mark chapter four says, the kingdom is as a man should take seed and sprinkle it on the ground. The plan for your life is going to come about as we take God's word and we begin to sow it into our lives. You were called to sow the seeds of love. You are called as a seed sower of love. Every time you discover something new about him and who he is, every time you discover a new promise and a new aspect to who he is, and you take that and you allow that to, to take root in your heart and give definition to who you are, what you're doing is you're adding value all the time to those aspects of who I am that begin to define the plan that God has got for our life. God has equipped your heart and he's established your heart in a way that it can grab hold of the plan of God and produce fruit. That's how you were built. When you sow the seeds of love into your heart and it starts to take form and give evidence to the plan of God there and we begin to live from that space, what ends up happening is we produce fruit from that. Our heart was created to accept the seeds of love and to produce fruit from that place. There is a sacred space inside of our heart. It's called the kingdom of God. Really what it is, it's that place within us that begins to constitute the plan that God has for our life. It's separate to every other thought that you have, every other idea you have, because it's a sacred space. It's a space that is defined by the reign and the rule of Christ. And everything in that space gives definition to his plan and his purpose for your life. That's why when we pray, pray, thy kingdom come, what we're really praying is, we're praying for the expansion and the influence of God's plan in my life. And ultimately, it's in my heart and ultimately it's expression in my life. Thy kingdom come is sitting saying, Father, I'm looking for your plan in my heart. I'm looking for you to show me the plan for my life. Build that plan on the inside of me. I want you to make it more expansive. I want you to put it at a place that it has more significance and influence in my life. I want you to grow that place on the inside of me that is, that is so holy, where the reign and the rule of your plan becomes more pervasive in who I am. And I want to thank you that as that plan begins to take effect on the inside of me, it equips me to be able to walk that out in my life. And who you are and what 
what you've designed me to be becomes an expression in my everyday experience. The degree to which we're able to understand the plan of God in our life and apply our life to it. No, the degree to which we're able to understand the plan of God in our heart and apply our life to it is the degree to which we experience heaven on earth. It's not some strange idea. When we talk about heaven on earth, we're talking about a God who has a plan for your life. And the plan for your life was designed before you were ever born in the natural realm. So his plan for your life was orchestrated, was authored, was put together in the heavenly realm. And so what we do is we find ourselves in a natural realm. And when we start to walk into the expression of God's plan for my life, what we do is we take the plan that has always been written for who I am. The thing that was, that was crafted around me as an individual. And as I walk that out in my life, I'm taking the heavenly dimensions and the heavenly design and experiencing it in a very practical way every single day. I'm beginning to walk it out. appropriating it and using it for my life, applying it to my life in the application of God's plan and living my life according to that plan. It changes things because unless I really do move to a place where I not only recognize that God's doing something in my life and I'm not only at a place where I'm beginning to to gain a comprehension of what he's doing, but I allow that to activate me so I engage it and use it and I act on it. What ends up happening, unless I act on it, it moves to a place where it's really fruitless in my life. It's fruitless in my life. And when it's fruitless in my life, I always run the risk of it dying. Just as the body without the spirit is dead, faith without works is dead. What he's saying is, when he's talking about faith, he's talking about the establishment of the plan that he has for you. And he's talking about the plan that he has for you being established inside of your heart. Faith without works. What are you going to do with the plan of God? My decision about what I want to do with it is going to determine an outcome. I have to decide what it is that I want to do. But if I do nothing, if I do not act on it, what ends up happening is the plan that God has for my life will be fruitless and will die. Faith without works is dead. Mark chapter 9 and verse 23 says, all things are possible to him that believes. God wants to use something called beliefs as an instrument and a tool to write his plan on my heart. He's going to use the beliefs in your life to write his plan for you on your heart. You see, every time we take a belief and it's almost like a puzzle piece. And when you take that piece of the puzzle and you begin to put it with the other pieces of puzzle, the collection of individual pieces starts to all of a sudden create a picture for us. It starts to fill in all of the blanks. When you start to collectively put those together, what ends up happening is you're able to stand back and have a look at it. And suddenly you say, Father, I see it now. I'm beginning to see the plan for my life. 
If you keep an individual piece, it doesn't always make sense. If you keep your pieces separate, they're all over the place. But you start to bring them all together. You start to interlock them one with another. And all of a sudden you start to weave this tapestry and you have a look at something and you stand back and you say, I can see now what his plan for my life is. I can see what it looks like. You see, in every belief is a promise. But your promise is only realized and is only activated when you do something with it. Unless you step into action, what ends up happening is the belief doesn't go anywhere. The promise inside of that doesn't go anywhere. It just stays around. Unless we move to a place where we act on the plan that God has put inside of our heart, what ends up happening is our heart becomes a cemetery where beliefs go to die. Your heart becomes a cemetery where beliefs go to die. Faith without works is dead. And so I walk through the cemetery of my heart and we always want to commemorate everything that we believed. And so we put tombstones up and they're epitaphs. Here lies, I was rooted and built up in Christ. It sounded really good. And I know everything about it. I know what Christ did for me. I know that Christ's nature was available and accessible to me. I knew that I could do something with it, but I never acted on it. I knew everything about it, but I never acted on it. And the result is here it lies. It's dead. And so I still live my life according to my flesh, according to how I feel, according to my emotions, according to my thoughts, because what happened was his nature and his potential to influence and grow me up in Christ died because I never acted on it. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I thank Jesus for everything that he did. And I realize and I can take you through the fact that he loved me so very much that he paid the price so that I don't have to walk into sickness and disease. I'm thrilled about the fact that he did everything necessary to liberate and free us so that we can live a life where we can walk in divine health, where every time sickness comes, tries to come on our body, the life of God comes on and just takes that and destroys it because of everything that Jesus did for me. But you know what? I've never laid hands on anybody And as a result, nobody ever recovered. So here lies, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Sometimes we need a resurrection service. We need to raise the dead sitting in our heart. We need to raise those dead beliefs that have been sitting there. And the reason that they're dead is because I never acted on them. We end up in trouble because as Christians, what we end up doing is we mistake action For acting. What we end up doing is, instead of doing something on acting on our beliefs, we talk about them. We love to talk. People talk all the time. I'll come and I want to get a hold of you and I will tell you everything that I learned and I'll tell you how wonderful the sermon was and I'll tell you how great the teaching was and I'll tell you about this wonderful seminar that I've been. I'll tell you about everything that's going on in my life, but I don't do anything. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. There's a lot of action, but there's no activity. There's a lot of activity, but no action. (laughs) The other way around. But we do it. We want to go and deal with the problems in our life. And because we don't have enough people to talk to, we get hold of our psychologists. Because we're going to pay somebody so I can speak to them a little bit more. And what do we do? We tell them about my, my woes and how terrible it is and how awful my marriage is and how dreadful my kids are and how hard my upbringing was and how all the challenges that I have. And what do I do? Talking, 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 talking. 
I pick up the phone and I talk to my friends. What I, You'll never guess what happened this morning. Talking, talking, talking. We meet with our, uh, our, our guy friends at the bar at the end of the, give us a beer. It's like cheers. Everybody knows your name because you come in. Why? Because I want to tell them about my life and how hard it is and how everybody's so unfair to me and life is so difficult and my job is so hard and things are so tough. We talk, we talk, and we talk, and we talk, but we don't do. We don't do. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. What is it saying? Your faith in God's plan for your life should be established on the inside of you. And it should be something that's so alive on the inside of you that when you encounter circumstances and situations every single day, I understand my role. I understand my responsibility. And what I do is I take the plan that God has given me and I step out and I act on it with regularity. What happens? I become a living testimony to the plan of God that's established on the inside of me. I'll show you my faith by my works. But when you don't have works, all you have is talk. Show me your faith without your works. All you left with is your tongue. So we talk about stuff. We talk about stuff. There is a difference between attention and action. We want to give attention to things, but it doesn't necessarily translate into action. Giving attention is we want to talk about it. And sometimes some bits of attention are quite healthy. I want to explore it a little bit more. I want to gain more information. I want to get some input from some wise people. There's some value to doing a little bit of attention. The problem with it is, is that t- attention doesn't always produce a result. And unless attention translates into a result, nothing happens. I talk. Action delivers an outcome. That's the thing about action. It's decisive. It makes something happen. The challenge with it is, is that very often we like to live in attention rather than action because action demands something of us. Action says, I'm going to draw a line. And at that point, you're going to have to make a decision about which way that you're going. And what ends up happening is I'm not sure about which way that I really want to go because I'm not convinced about everything. So what ends up happening is I become afraid of failure. And so it's so much easier for me to live in a place of attention where there's activity, but there's no action. I'm busy doing stuff all the time. We make the mistake of living in activity and not achievement. We're doing stuff. Our lives are busy. We're talking. We're gathering. We're contemplating. We're considering. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. There's action but there's no achievement. It's important to make progress and in in putting our lives together and looking for things and getting to the place where we are prepared to do something. It's important to recognize the fact that although we may have progress, if we sit in progress and allow it to indulge procrastination, something's going to have to shift in our life. Too often it's about procrastination. I don't want to make a decision. The reason that we don't realize God's plan for our life is because we talk about it so much, but we do so little. The way that God, God's plan floods our reality 
is through action. Action is the doorway that takes God's plan and what it does is it allows it to inform the circumstance and the situations of our life. You see, God's plan is spiritual in nature. And what is spiritual needs to be planted in what is natural in order to bring about a result. We need something to be able to take that which is of God, that which is the plan which has been put on the inside of me, and I need a mechanism by which I can introduce it into my circumstance and my situations. Jesus says, don't talk about it, do something with it. Faith without works is dead. Act on it. What has he told you to do? You see, when he writes it in your heart, he's going to direct your steps. When you know what the plan is, is when you can get to a place where you can sit down with him and you can say, Holy Spirit, I know what it is that you want to do here. I understand your plans. I understand your purposes. Show me how to work it out. Give me the wisdom to know the next steps to take. And he will give that to you. It becomes important because we need God's plan to invade our reality. Sometimes the thing that you're going to have to stand on most and that you're going to have alive, that you need to be alive in you more than anything else is God's plan because everything around you is not going to look like God's plan. In fact, in many ways, a lot of what you see around you may be the antithesis to to what God's plan is. And in places like that, the only thing that we have to hold on to is be established in his plan. You see, when we are, when we act on God's plan, what we're really doing is we're living from a place of obedience. When you act on God's plan, you're living in obedience. What you're saying is, I trust you. I trust the plan for my life. And as a result of that, I'm prepared to act on it. And I do something about it. And when I act on it and I move into obedience, what happens is it puts me in a place where, I, where I, my lifestyle is all of a sudden under the umbrella of righteous living. That's what righteous living is. You were made for the righteousness of God in Christ. And in yourself, that's who you are. But not everything that we do is necessarily righteous living. How do we get into righteous living? What we do is we get obedient to the plan that God has put in, inside of our heart. When we're obedient to that, we step into righteous living. Righteous living is important because that's where you find God's blessing. God's blessing is in righteous living. If you have a look at what he said to, to a little earlier on from verse 21, he says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith, God's plan, was working together with his works, actions, and by his actions, God's plan was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see, when we take God's plan, we understand what God's plan is and we begin to action God's plan. We step out in obedience. We step into righteous living and we begin to live a lifestyle under God's blessing. And when you live under God's blessing, that's where you find that everything you put your hand to prospers. That's where you find I'm above only and not believe. That's where I find that my bonds are filled. That's where I find everything that God has promised me. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. You were never an accident. God is going to partner with you. But like any kind of an arrangement between two parties, it's important that both parties understand what the other one is responsible for. And I understand what I'm responsible for. 
There are places where I'm going to have to go to God and I'm going to have to sit and say to him, Father, you know what? You know what the plan is, but I need for you to give it to me. I'm prepared to partner with you so that you will use the Holy Ghost and so that you will take revelation and begin to reveal to me the plan that you have for my life. As you establish that in my heart, Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that that plan becomes alive. And I want to thank you that as it takes on proportion in my life, it puts me at a place where I'm able to act and live out of that. And as I live out of that, and as I action the plan that you have for me in my everyday arena, once again, I rely on you, Father, to honor your word. That every time I step out in faith, every time I step out on your plan, every time I do something, I'm looking for you to honor the plan and to come in and to deposit life into circumstances, life into relationships, life that transforms and changes and brings about modifications and moves me to a place where I step into your blessing and what you're all about. God has a plan not only for your life. Uh, not only is, is your God's plan for your life limited to certain areas, but it's something that affects every area of our life. And that includes our finances. If you have a look at 3 John chapter 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health. That you would prosper and be in health. Just as your soul prospers. What God is saying is this, when you understand his plan for your prosperity and your health and you get established on the inside of you, the result of it will be something that you experience externally. When you experience internal riches, it'll translate into external blessing. When you get prosperous internally, it'll translate into prosperity externally, outside of your life. But everything starts with what happens internally. When we start to get established in the plan of God and we move to that place where we realize and we step out on it and our internal prosperity starts to translate into external prosperity, understand that the blessing is coming your way. And when the blessing comes your way, how you appropriate that blessing becomes important. Take it and add it to your life. The blessing that God gives to you is always designed to be something which shapes your destiny. It's not designed to be something which becomes an idol. What you do with the blessing becomes important because it starts to affect the way forward. Don't take your eyes off him. You keep your eyes on him. And what you do is you take the blessing and you put it into your life because he's going to utilize that. The reason that God speaks about blessing in the Bible, the reason that God speaks about finances and prosperity in the Bible is because it has a purpose. It has a purpose. We are called to make disciples. Making disciples is taking people from where they are and introducing them for God's design for their life. It's introducing people to their destiny. Introducing people to their destiny requires that it be supported in some ways. And one of the ways in which it is supported is financially. We have to have finances in order to do what we need to do. Finances positions the church to have relevance, to have significance, and to have impact. That's why finances become important. Your internal prosperity is going to translate into external prosperity, and God is going to use that for the extension of his kingdom. God is going to use that to touch the lives of other people. God is going to use that so that he can make disciples and introduce people to the fact that he has a plan for their life, 
and they can begin to walk and move and operate in prosperity that he wants to plant on the inside of them. The plan that he has for their life. My encouragement to you this week is this. Don't talk about the sermon. Do something with it. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do in your life. And I don't know what he's going to say to you. But he's going to encourage you to do something with it. You're going to pick up something which may be different to what your wife gets, your husband gets, or your kids get. Why? Because the Holy Spirit deals with you as a person. He knows the plan for your life. And he's dealing with you in areas that are different and distinct to everybody else. Do something with it. If you want to shift your life, if you want to change your circumstances, if you want to have impact on your future and you want to move into God's design for your life, activate it. The seduction is always to talk and not to act. What I would encourage you to do is put, be intentional about looking for action. What am I doing with the word that God gave me today? Father, I just want to thank you for everybody today. I want to thank you for everybody who's listening and I want to thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as people come to you and as people petition you and spend time with you and they ask you to reveal to them the plan that you have for their life, I want to thank you that you begin to open the eyes of their understanding. I want to thank you, Father, for beliefs that are being touched and changed and transformed and you're using those as tools to scribe and to write into their heart the plan that you have for their life. I thank you that as we hold those sacredly and as we take care of them, I want to thank you that the picture begins to take form and we begin to get an understanding as to the definition and the plan that you have for us. I want to thank you, Father, that as that plan becomes established on the inside of us, the invitation is extended is to take that plan and walk it out, to act on that plan. I want to thank you that we live in a world that is always going to be the antithesis to everything that you stand for. I want to thank you that your ways are not our ways, your thoughts are not our thoughts. And as a result of that, we're going to have to get established in your plan and not our world. I thank you for people of action. I thank you for people who kill lions and bears and giants. And I thank you that they walk into the blessing that you have for them every day. I thank you, Father, that you keep at the front of everybody's mind every time they touch blessing in whatever form. They turn around and say, I've just touched the love of God. I just touched the love of God. We bless.